0: Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today I have a very very unique guest with me who has not just been a strong professional but who has as in his own words is a cancer thriver. Vijay Bhatt, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you Ashutosh, great to be here. Thank you.
0: Vijay is a cancer survivor or a cancer thriver as he calls it. He in his previous avatar was a very, very senior advertising professional, lived all over the world, spent 25 years with Ogilvy and Mehta. He's the author of a book titled My Cancer is Me and the journey from illness to wholeness. So Vijay, tell me a little bit about what you would say are three key milestones in your life or career.
1: That's a good question. In a 59-year-old life, there are many milestones, but let me try and pick the most important ones. Okay. I think the first was when I joined St Xavier's College in Mumbai. Mm-hmm. It really broadened my outlook, and more importantly, it was the way in which I met Nilima. So obviously, that is that is my number one milestone. Perfect the second is soon after i started working at ogilvy i had the chance to do a long backpacking trip across europe and then across the us mm. and in those days you know we used to operate on less than 20 dollars a day right so those uh, trips again really opened my eyes to the world in a way that i had never experienced before right Uh, And it made me kind of an internationally oriented person. The third, of course, is uh, my cancer, which was in the year 2001. Hmm. So almost 20 years now. So if I had to pick the three life-changing milestones, it would
0: be these three. Terrific, terrific. So uh, today's conversation, we're going to focus on your milestone number three. Yeah, sure. Remember when I was reading about you uh, you know, when you're in London, you went to the doctor and so, you know, and you found out, so tell me about how you felt the first time you got to know about uh, the colon cancer.
1: It was the same as everybody's first diagnosis, Ashutosh, mm-hmm. that, you know, it comes as a rude shock. Mm-hmm. And for me, what happened was that everything started, I started to see everything in slow motion mm-hmm. and The breath was sucked out of my lungs completely. And I remember very distinctly that my very first thought was, that's it, I'm going to die. I had no previous medical condition or history. So after that, my second thought was, what is going to happen to Nilima and the family? And, uh, you know, my head was really swimming, I remember at that time. And so I called Nilima from the hospital. I had gone there alone and then she rushed over and then we just held hands and wept for maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. So that was really the first mm-hmm.
0: impact on me. Okay. And once that impact, <coughs> and I can empathize with what you're saying, because I remember being with my youngest brother at 48, I mean, we, were not able to save him, but how did you react and what support did you get in the early days?
1: Actually, I did something very unusual. I'm a very private and introverted person, mm-hmm. but for some reason, even before my surgery happened and all that, uh, I wrote an email to about 500 of my friends, relatives, colleagues around the world, telling them that listen, I have a new mountain to climb, and I need your help. And so, obviously, apart from the immediate family, Nilima, you know, children were too young at that time, but my parents, my siblings, relatives, etc., I got this deluge of goodwill, support, resources. And most importantly, I got to see as you just described that I wasn't the first person to get cancer. I won't be the last person to get cancer. Right. A lot of people had done well and I could do well too. So I felt tremendously supported in my early days. So I in fact say that uh, relationships is a key part
0: of your healing. Very true, well said and you know, then you went through your surgery yeah. And post the surgery, you decided you would not go for chemotherapy. Yeah. Tell me about why you took this decision.
1: Actually, you know, this decision is made out to be more than it really is.
2: Okay.
1: The reason is that my surgery was successful. Mm-hmm. I was very fortunate that my surgery was successful. I did not have a single lymph node involved. Mm-hmm. So the doctors gave me the choice. They said, look, with these statistics, we cannot mandate it one way or the other.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We will leave it to you. Okay. And so then I did my due diligence, talk to various people, etc. And it's only yeah. because of the stats that I decided. It wasn't, a <clears throat> it wasn't a brave decision or it wasn't a momentous decision in that sense. Mm-hmm. The stats were so insignificant in terms of the benefits of chemotherapy or not taking chemotherapy Mm -hmm. that it made no sense to put my body through it. I don't recommend that to other people. I say to them, look, you please make sure that you get all the data, you get a second and third opinion. And if your practitioner tells you, your doctor tells you, you need to take chemo, please take it. So, I just want to clarify that this is
0: a common question that I get asked. I'm glad you're clarifying because, you know, <laughs> I think uh, in cancer, what is very important is to follow the doctor's advice. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right. Correct. Absolutely right. And then you decided that you would, uh, you know, take a holistic and integrated approach to avoid a recurrence. I'm quoting from your own notes. Uh, talk to me about this approach and what did you do?
1: So this was very interesting. So once I declined chemo, the doctor said, fair enough, Mm -hmm. you declined it. Now, you know, go away, hope and pray that it won't come back. Mm -hmm. And to which I said, doc, I'm not a hope and pray kind of guy. What can I do? And Western medicine had no answers. So Nilima then took me to the Shivananda Yoga Institute and we asked them. And then they pointed us actually to a Chinese doctor. Interestingly, they said, look, he's a Western medical practitioner and a Chinese doctor. He has a very good track record with cancer. You should talk to him. So when we sat down across him for the first time, he told us, he said, look, your best chances of preventing a recurrence is to keep your immunity in top condition. And there are many things that you can do to keep your immunity in top condition. And so it's kind of, you know, 20 years deja vu today with COVID, everyone's talking about immunity, 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 and they're right. Immunity is the key. So once you say immunity is the key, then there are a thousand ways in which you can look after your immunity. And I tried them all. So that is how I got into the whole holistic and integrated space to determine what would work for me because the holistic space is an individual space. It's not like Western medicine where everyone who has a headache is given the same tablet. Right? So that's how I got
0: it. So Let's move on and talk a little bit about uh, you know, Cancer Awakens. What, I mean, I know you set this up to be able to spread awareness, but talk to me a little bit about what led you to form Cancer Awakens. And what were some of your hypotheses?
1: Yeah. So actually it is less about awareness Ashutosh. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are plenty of people who are creating awareness. Okay. I think my effort is slightly different. My effort is to say that cancer can heal you mm-hmm. if you take the right approach to it. Okay. And what I mean by that is that instead of seeing cancer as a death sentence, or instead of seeing cancer as an adversity, to which you are a victim, you can see cancer as an opportunity for growth. Mm. And so cancer awakens our mission is to help people to awaken, heal, grow, thrive from cancer Mm. instead of becoming a victim or instead of just remaining a survivor Mm. or instead of dying on schedule. Mm. So we want to flip the paradigm through which people see cancer and uh, we want to not only do that through communicating, but by actually helping people to do so, which is why I have created a coaching program, Mm -hmm. bringing together my 20 years of experience with cancer and maybe 16 or 17 years of experience with coaching Mm -hmm. to say, can we actually help people become thrivers? That is what Cancer Awakens is really all about. Awareness is only a nice to have, but
0: the fulfillment is the must have. Wonderful. And, you know, the moment I find someone has cancer, the first reaction, of course, is why me? Yeah. And then there's a lot of internalization, and as you said, family, etc. How does one remain mentally strong, you know, during the period of discovery and, uh, you know, the whole battle uh, against this this disease.
1: Yeah, so a couple of things. First is that look, all of us have faced adversities in our life. Correct. So adversity is not new. Hmm. It's only the degree and intensity of the adversity that is different. Right. So the first thing is to draw upon your own resources, to draw upon what you have done Hmm. to deal with adversities in the past. The second is I find that, you know, as I said, there are thousands of people who have walked this path before me and before anybody else. So why can't we learn from them? Okay. So if we can learn, you know, we, in business, we talk about best practices and case studies and so on,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but somehow in the field of cancer, nobody's paying attention to these thrivers. So I believe that we can learn from them and not have to reinvent everything Ourselves. So, a drop on your own resources, b learn from others, and the last thing I would say is that look, mental strength, like anything else, is something that we can cultivate. Even if I mean, I did not probably have that mental strength when I was first diagnosed,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: but it's only over a period of time getting into it and you know, keeping at it Mm -hmm. that you get better at it. So I don't think there is. It's rocket science,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it takes a lot of effort to be able to cultivate.
0: Well said. And you know, I've been talking to uh, some people who've had this problem, and one of the things I've often <coughs> said to them is that don't hide it. I yes. mean, I know people who don't want to talk about it to friends, and I say, the more you talk about it, the more thoughts you will get. I agree. Your views. I agree
2: i totally
1: agree i okay. think in fact you know cancer is one of those things like many other mental health conditions and all that which i describe as a conspiracy of silence correct that our society conspires to be silent about it and by doing so we actually increase the stigma we increase the taboo mm-hmm. and the language we use with cancer is extremely negative mm-hmm you know the internal terrorist and scourge of mankind and we now describe terrorism as cancer and you know things like this i think this is completely wrong because we are then giving away too much power to cancer correct we have to change our language around cancer well said
0: so tell me you know vijay you must have done <coughs> a lot of reading research you know uh, after you found out you had it and then over the last two decades my question to you is that why are we suddenly seeing such a significant increase in the incidence of cancer or is it that they're just more awareness? Combination of things, okay. one is of
1: course that you know our detection technology and penetration of that detection technology has become much better. Hmm. So as a very simple thing, more people are taking their annual medical checkups these days than in the past okay. and if you're above 50 then people will ask you to do a colonoscopy anyway, whether you have anything or not. So the te- Technology and the awareness has increased. So that is one significant factor, of course. Right. The second factor is, and this comes as a surprise to most people, is that according to the World Health Organization, only about 7% of cancer is genetic. Mm -hmm. 93% of cancer has to do with lifestyle or environment. Okay. And so what that means is that cancer can be treated almost like a lifestyle disease. Wow! And so therefore, as our lifestyles deteriorate and they are deteriorating with every passing year, mm-hmm. the incidence of these chronic conditions is only going to grow. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so therefore, as the stress increases, as our lifestyle deteriorates, as inflammation increases, It is a natural thing for the incidence of cancer also to increase. So this is the second part. The third part is that I'm just going to give you an example of uh, breast cancer, which is the most common cancer among women. There is a direct correlation to the fact that girls begin their menstrual cycle much earlier these days compared to 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Again, this has to do with lifestyle <clears throat> and so because of that, the period in which somebody can get cancer has become extended, so which is why you see such a crazy incidence of breast cancer, for example, among women. So there are a combination of factors at work here.
0: Okay and you know you <laughs> give me the answer already but my question to you is that is cancer hereditary? Some cancers are more
1: hereditary than others mm-hmm. But in general, the genetic component is very low. Hmm. One other important uh, research that I remember reading many years ago is from the Swedish Karolinska Institute, hmm. where they tested 44,000 twins hmm. who have the identical DNA, okay. but their cancer incidence was not the same. Wow.
0: Okay. So let's move and talk a little bit about uh, <laughs> your stress to swasthya program. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tell me about this program.
2: So
1: see the essence of our work is that, as I said, immunity is the key and stress compromises immunity. Okay. So if you can manage your stress, that means you can keep your immunity up. Mm-hmm. And if your immunity is up, that is your best defense against both the occurrence and the recurrence of cancer. Okay. Right. So the issue is very simple, which is that look, if prevention is better than cure, why should people wait until they get cancer or any other illness? Correct. Why can't we teach people how to manage their stress and to improve their immunity beforehand?
2: Correct.
1: So I simply said that, look, let's take the same approach that we apply to cancer,
2: hmm.
1: but let's offer it to corporate audiences as a preventive approach because stress and burnout in the corporate workspace hmm. is rampant right now. True. And people don't know what is stress. People don't know what the components of stress are. People don't have the tools and technologies to manage stress. And people therefore do just the default things of, you know, three single malls or go and play nine rounds on the golf course or occasionally go for a walk or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's not enough. Correct. And so we designed this program as a holistic program Mm -hmm. targeting corporate audiences who face stress on a daily basis. And to give them simple, powerful 10 minute, 15 minute tools Mm -hmm. by which they can minimize their stress and optimize their immunity. So it's a prevention corporate program.
0: Perfect. And my last question to you on (laughs) segment before I move to some questions for you personally tell me about your book, My Cancer is Me. Uh, So it's a book that Neelima and I co authored,
1: Mm -hmm. obviously. Uh, because our journey was so so parallel in a way, my my journey as a patient and a thriver and her journey as a caregiver, which is how it is for most families. As you know, we decided that we had a new message to give this whole idea of flipping the narrative around cancer. That's why the title my cancer is me. Hmm. Most of us think that illnesses come from outside, but cancer is a disease of my own cells. So I need to take responsibility for that. And then we also said that we want to outline this new holistic and integrated framework.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So a new approach, a new framework and then give people the tools to be able to apply that framework to themselves. Okay. So that is how we said let's put it into a book but I would also say Ashutosh that actually what we have found is that perhaps our website and our YouTube channel Attracts more attention than the book because today people's reading habits have gone down tremendously. And
0: what is your YouTube channel?
1: It's called Cancer Awakens.
2: Cancer.
1: Uh, YouTube.com/slash Cancer Awakens. And so your website? Again, www.cancerawakens.com.
2: Terrific. Thank you.
0: So you know, let's now move to the second part or second segment <coughs> of our conversation, sure. which is <coughs> for you personally. Sure. Which uh, you know. Fabulous corporate career in advertising, uh, did amazing things, you know, have seen and fought and thrived cancer. As you look back and as you look forward, what does success mean to you? Ashutosh, you and I are probably of a similar vintage. So I'm, we I'm, know that I'm five years older than you since you told uh, me. Uh,
1: uh, theek hai. Uh, so As you know, our definitions of success change as we age and as we mature. Mm. So where I am today is that uh, I look at success like golf Mm. rather than like tennis, which means that I'm really trying to become a better version of myself every day.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm not really that interested in benchmarking myself with anybody else. Mm So for me, success now means self-mastery. Can I learn how to develop and grow myself, which is one side of it. And the second side of it is that uh, I have consumed a lot of life until now. What can I do to offer it back to others uh, as generously as I possibly can? So to me today, success means self-mastery on one side and selfless service on the other. So if I find anybody who is doing both of these things together, then I'm very uh, impressed by them and I look up to them and I try to learn from them. So perhaps it's similar to what you are doing, Ashutosh, Mm -hmm. that there is an aspect of growing and developing yourself, but there is also an aspect of leveraging that and offering that to the world through the best channels possible. That is my definition of
0: success today. Wonderful. I mean and, and I, I you know, really like <coughs> the comment that I have taken a lot of, uh, consumed a lot of life. I yeah. like that term very much. So I've got time for two more questions for you. Sure. Um, my next question is that uh, what would you say is your biggest learning? Mm-hmm. From one of your biggest mistakes.
1: My biggest learning is that uh, I took my health for granted. That was, you know, both my mistake. When I was on this successful corporate path, I was so focused on doing a great job and, you know, being successful in the more traditional way
2: Correct.
1: that I took my health for granted, hmm. and I paid the price for it. Hmm. So my learning and my advice to people is life over lifestyle. Life comes first, lifestyle follows. And therefore, please take good care of your health, but not just your physical health, your emotional health, your mental health, your relational health and even your spiritual health. So I would say that is my biggest learning and that's my biggest piece of advice to anybody. Fantastic.
0: And my last question to you, and I come back to the pandemic, affected every one of us around the world. Yeah. How are you, Vijay, rethinking your life in a new world order?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, See, I'm fortunately at a place now where I'm in my third career, right? I did the advertising part, I was a leadership coach for 15 or 16 years. Mm-hmm. Now I'm doing this cancer coaching as a kind of a startup entrepreneur. So I'm rethinking my life that instead of being a retiree, <laughs> I am still a student and a seeker and an entrepreneur. Okay. Okay. So I'm fueled by purpose now rather than by money or by career or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to kind of stay contemporary and current. Mm-hmm while I'm taking this purpose-led work forward. So that is an interesting place to be. Wonderful. And on the personal side, now I want to play with, I don't know when it will happen, but I want to play with my grandchildren.
2: Wonderful. <laughs> Terrific.
0: Vijay, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. And I sincerely wish and pray that you continue to inspire so many more people who are confronted with cancer. Thank you again.
1: Thank you so much, Ashutosh. I really
2: appreciate it and all good wishes to your project as well. Thank you. Thank you for
0: listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in